especially in our community, our people have a lot, ton of potential. Potential, yeah. People just don't explore them. Yeah. Yeah. People just box themselves into tiny boxes. I'm like, oh, this is, this is, you know, I'm doing this. I'm staying in this track. Like, you know, but, but I think there's a whole lot more that, that we can do if we just decide to explore and not, and not be afraid to, to fail. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Anya Fombat, and I spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community. And I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Living African. Today we will be talking about a very inspiring conversation or story, I hope. And this is basically a story of an African immigrant, story of his life and his journey to innovation through entrepreneurship. And this story was super inspiring to me. I really have not gotten deep into the details, but I have spoken to Leslie Asanga and he is the founder or the co-founder of Your Farm and the founder of Pills to Me. And his story is just super amazing. And he actually had to be here with his partner, Roger Stuke, who's a co-founder as well of Your Farm, but he's not able to make it. So Leslie will be speaking on behalf of both of them. But I really look forward to this conversation and I hope that it impacts and inspires members of our community. So I want to welcome you here, Leslie. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to have that conversation with us. I know it's been a long time coming (laughs) and you know, you are so busy and I could not let this opportunity pass for anything. So I really want to thank you for making that time for us here at Living African. So let's just get into it. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, so my name is Leslie Asanga. I'm originally from from Cameroon and I moved to the U.S. in 2010 for school. And so I've been going to school ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm a pharmacist. I... I have my PharmD MBA yeah. um, and then I've, I went back to school again mm-hmm. after that, after working as a pharmacist for a couple of years, mm-hmm. I went back to Yale where I I studied um, public health with a focus on public health entrepreneurship. And and so the, the goal was to kind of learn some skills mm-hmm. that be translated into the global global market. And then, you know, while I was there, founded two companies, Your Farm, which I co-founded with my co-founder Suki, which is 
a mobile app that helps give people easy access to essential medications in sub-Saharan Africa. And then later on, Pills to Me, which is on-demand prescription delivery service here in the U.S., kind of like Uber for medication. Yeah, thank you so much for that introduction. And I would really love to know more about this two companies. So let's start with your farm. I know you just touched on it very briefly, but I really want us to talk more about that as well, just because it's focused more in sub-Saharan Africa. And, you know, I really want our people especially those in sub-Saharan Africa to understand and know how it works. And also I feel like, basically I feel like from understanding how it works, they could appreciate it more and maybe use it more. Right. So can Mm -hmm. you please tell us about it? Yeah. So, you know, as people who grew up in Cameroon and, you know, one day me and my co-founder Suki were talking about, you know, it was a good Saturday. I was, I remember that day very well. I was going to the car wash, you know, and then we got on a call, just casual talking. And then we were like, hmm, what do we do? Because he's in tech and I'm a pharmacist. And we're like, how, what can we really do? to impact, you know, to give back to to people back back home. What can we do to impact with all these skills that we've acquired, you know, since Ansuki is like my uh, childhood friend who went to primary school in Cameroon all the way through secondary school, you know, Mm -hmm. so... We talked about it, we flirted with a few ideas and what kept coming, what kept returning was, you know, remember about, you know, how, how hard it is to find medications in Cameroon, right? So we started brainstorming on how to solve that problem. So that's how we came up with the idea for Your Farm. So Your Farm simply is a mobile app. You know, when someone goes to a doctor, uh, most of the times you prescribe medication, people after that Patients go through multiple pharmacies, pharmacies yeah. and to look for medications. Mm-hmm. And in the process, some people have received testimonials that people's family members have died mm-hmm. in that process, right? Mm-hmm. Is someone Lack of access. Much time, yeah, yeah, going through. So, I mean, again, we thought like that shouldn't be happening in, 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 in the world today where ev- almost everyone and their grandma has a smartphone. Yeah. So, yeah, so we decided to build that mobile app whereby you go to a doctor, you get prescription, you know, in, in currently in Cameroon, you get on the app, type the name of the medication. It will show you the pharmacies that have that medication in stock mm-hmm. from the closest furthest from you. Mm-hmm. So now you know exactly where to go. And it also shows you the price, the exact price. Right. So that there's also no surprises when... You know, when you get to the, the, when you get to the pharmacy, so you know exactly how much it's going to cost. Yeah. And to the third part, us also, it's a problem that we, we, us living in the diaspora, we're facing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, someone is seeking Cameroon, you're not, before your farm, our only option was to To send send money, Yeah. you know was to send money. So, and most of the time, sometimes these medications are not that expensive. It, it might be like a $5, $10, $20, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you're trying to send money, you're trying to go through Western Union and all the pay other all money the trash, fees, so yeah. You pay fees, you pay high fees, and you also find yourself sending more than, than, than what is needed, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes the amount is too small. So we made it possible that if someone needs medication in Cameroon, they get on the Your Farm app, they find the medication, they just share the link with their loved one in the diaspora. And then you pay for the medication here and the person gets receives a confirmation, takes it to the pharmacy and picks up their medication. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very neat concept. That is extremely neat. And, you know, I 
only imagine like the app too is very user friendly. And so, I mean, if you basically, this is what it has come to. Let me just say this. If mm-hmm. you live in Africa or anywhere in the world and you take medication, you have some, you know, someone that takes medications or you take medications in at least the countries that your farm is available, then we, we're going to get into that. If you have WhatsApp app, if you have a Facebook app, you better be having a Eurofarm app as well. <laughs> Basically, yeah. right? Yeah, you better yeah. be having a Eurofarm app because Facebook, WhatsApp, and all those other social media apps, yeah, they're fun and everything, but the most essential apps you should have. And I mean, if you have lived in Cameroon, for example, I can speak for Cameroon because I grew up there. And I'm sure it's probably almost the same thing in other African countries. Sometimes, I mean, I personally have a story, like I almost lost my life when I was like five years old because I had to have a surgery and the pharmacies were closed. And I mean, that's just part of the story, you know, but pharmacies were closed or the pharmacies that were even open, they didn't have the medications that I needed. And thankfully, my mom was a doctor and she could pull some strings for me to get some medications. But what if my mom wasn't a doctor? I probably would not be alive today, right? And a lot of families have Mm -hmm. also been experiencing this, like lack of access is always a huge issue in our community, especially lack of access to good medications, you know, that are, and I say good medications because sometimes you have these hawkers that sell medications that are expired, you know, and people just don't, cannot afford to, you know, especially pharmacies that have low turnover, they cannot afford to get rid of the medications because, you know, that's a loss. And then they keep selling it. I'm not saying everybody does, but you could find some people who do. So if you have an app that actually also, in addition to letting you know what medications are in stock or in the inventory, also assures you that the medications are, you know, viable and good and not expired, you know, that I would rather go to that pharmacy or I'd rather use that app to find the closest pharmacy around me than, you know, trying to figure it out and going out to a drug or drugstore or a hawker out there to get a medication that I'm not even sure about. So it's a very essential app as much as Facebook, WhatsApp, and all the other social media apps. So I really want to encourage everyone in Africa and out of Africa who has someone in Africa who's sick and will need medications to download that app to find out how they can get medications for their loved ones or get medications for themselves. Now, what countries is your farm available in and how do you guys plan to expand? Yeah, so your farm is currently uh, available in Cameroon and we're currently in the works works now, working to expand to to Kenya, Nigeria and Ghana. Those are our top three that we're trying to look into expand to by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And we've been working on this for, for quite a while and, and we're almost there. So so in the, in the few months, the next the coming up months, we'll be doing a lot of work on that. Right. So I'm glad you touched on, on, on the authentic on the density of the medications part of it, right? Because because the one thing we did was when we launched, we figured out, you know, we did some research and it's crazy. It's like four out of 10 medications in most of our African countries is either substandard or counterfeit. You wow. Know, that yeah, the counterfeit meds too, yeah. Yeah, that is huge, you know. So, so I, we made it a point to... And it mostly comes from this informal sector, right? Yeah. Because there's no traceability of their chain of custody where, where supply chain mm-hmm. is not vetted by by anybody because it's it, it's obviously smuggled mm-hmm. into the country. Yeah. Into many countries. So we made it a point to only enroll on board licensed pharmacies on, on our platform. So yeah. at least 
you have some level of comfort, you know, like, yeah. okay, but you're dealing with people who have been vetted and whose source of their medications are, you know, have like a clear, clear, clear path. And so, so, and so that's the exact same strategy we'll be using going, moving, going to any other, as we go into any other of these countries. Yeah, that's very true and very important for people to have because it gives some kind of assurance. That authenticity gives some kind yeah. of assurance to customers and to patients, you know, because nobody wants to ingest anything that's going to make it their situation worse. You know, and yeah. we already know about the it's kind of a low key pandemic that has to do with counterfeit medications, especially in Africa, just because they don't have as, as stringent of regulations that, you know, catch these illegal smugglers compared to, of course, to here in America and stuff like that. So it's very important that, you know, there's some form of authenticity in the medications and also in the institutions, in this case, the pharmacists that distribute these medications to the patients. So how are you guys planning? In the meantime, what parts of Cameroon are you guys available so we have uh, partner pharmacies in, um, in in Bamenda. We have them in Douala, Yaoundé, mm-hmm. and we have them in Boya, um, Limbe, I mm-hmm. think. We recently got one in Garwa. Okay. Oh, wow. So those are, yeah, those are, those are the places. Um, and the beauty too about this is that it provides so much value to these pharmacies that yes. they, uh, at first we were doing a lot of the recruiting, like getting these, in front of these pharmacies and trying to get them on board. Mm-hmm. But now they're hearing about us and calling us and saying, Hey, can I like, like the, the, the guy in Garo, I heard from a friend in Douala that wow. about your farm. And they're like, Hey, I want to, I want I want to eat too. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. So. Cause I was, I was, I was going to ask next, like, you know, sometimes, you know, from experience, obviously, you know, working with professionals back home, some of the professionals, I would say some, are not as receptive to change or to advancement, you know? (laughs) So, and I don't even think that is because they don't believe in, in the thing. Sometimes it's like, they just don't want to go out of their comfort zone, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really proud of, you know, and I'm happy to hear that people are now reaching out to you because I would only imagine starting off that kind of very innovative idea must have been very challenging to get into the market. But I feel like, you know, the sky is a limit from people, here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and even even now. Right. Even while some people are being very receptive, some people, like you said, uh, some people are just they just don't they're just not getting it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people is like, we met one person who was like, oh, I've been in business for over 30 years. Mm. My pharmacy makes more than 30 million francs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't how see. Much you can add me. Right. right. So, so, yeah, it's one of those it's things. It's about the money and not even the value to the patient. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that is sad. It's sad when, when it gets to that point where, where it's all about the numbers, you know, the money. It, yeah. Because it, this is, you know, yeah. But, but yeah, for the ones we focus more on, the ones that are receptive, yeah. the people that are forward thinking, you know. Yes, yes. And, and yeah, those are those. And, and gladly enough, too, we're having there like a, a, a lot of like younger and more innovative, um, you know, uh, pharmacists and pharmacy owners in Cameroon mm-hmm. that, that get it, you know, yes. and that want to be part of the wave. Yes, yeah. yes. That's very important. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now let's go to Peels to Me. Can you tell us more about pills to me? Like when I heard about that, I was super excited because, you know, I'm a pharmacist too, but mm. you know, they, they have the same like healthcare providers are like the worst patients. 
<laughs> you know, like I can't tell, like my pharmacy actually is mm-hmm. five minutes, not even up to five minutes away from me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I have a script mm-hmm. that's been sent to the pharmacy, I am extremely mm-hmm. lazy to mm-hmm. drive five minutes to go pick it up. Like every time I just like, oh, my God, I wish there was some kind of delivery service. I'll just get it, you know, and I don't even mm-hmm. want to say it's. Yeah, I, I think it's part of the laziness, but it's just how comfortable innovation has made us feel like innovation is all about making our life very easy. I mean, I'm a yeah. huge Uber Eats spender. Like, I mean, sometimes I just don't want to go out to the restaurant. Sometimes I just want to sit home and someone delivers me food, you know. Mm-hmm. So I am I mean, I use I probably use Uber Eats at least five times a month, at least, yeah. you know. So I mean, with the Uber pharmacy per se. You know, it's it's a mind blowing initiative, you know, so just let us know about that. And I'm super excited about that as well. Yeah. So you're, you're, I mean, you're not alone, right? It is kind of like the consumer behavior now, you know, these yeah. days. when we actually started uh, Pills to Me, right? It was a free service. It was just, you know, I was going to school. I was a student at Yale and working part-time as a pharmacist when mm-hmm. the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And then with one increase in prescription abandonment, particularly between uh, amongst the seniors and immunocompromised, right? Yeah. And rightfully so, because, you know, all the about, you know, high risk population for COVID. So we just recruited younger volunteers, which at the time were mostly Yale students and faculty Mm -hmm. that signed up Mm -hmm. to to help deliver prescriptions for free to seniors. Mm -hmm. So so they can maintain social distancing, you know, and hopefully stop the the, the slow, slow down the spread of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then as word began to go out, we started hearing People from the general public calling us and saying, hey, I've heard about this service, you know, and I'm not senior, I'm not immunocompromised, but I would, you know, love to use it, yeah. you know. So, and that's where we, we dug deeper now into the business model, did a lot of market analysis, you know, did over 200 customer discovery calls and figured out like, hey, this there is a huge opportunity here. So, yeah, so that's how we decided to build because our process were, were pretty much manual, just the website yes. that you would fill out at the time. So now we had to automate it. Now build yeah. out a, a tech team and build a mobile app that anyone now anyone now can use to order for the prescriptions to be picked up from any pharmacy yeah. and deliver minutes you know so it's one of those no-brainer kind of situations where, yes where you think about it where you think about it the you, the current user user behavior right yeah uh, is that everybody wants everything delivered and delivered fast fast yeah you know, now pe- people you can see that yeah in your home you order uh even a car right yeah car, yeah Carvana. online carvana you know? uh-huh. yeah, you can buy a car carvana and have it delivered right to your door mm-hmm. without you having to leave you know yeah you can order, instacart you order yeah i use instacart every week honestly exactly yeah, yeah you don't have to go to groceries groceries anymore so mm-hmm. what was actually even lacking in that in that is is that hey people you know with, when it comes to medications there's not much of that much of a, a, a viable option yeah so so yeah, so that kind of just fits. So something we build thinking that the most, uh, more of the users are going to be like seniors or disabled people who naturally don't, we don't have access to pharmacy for, for because they don't drive or yeah. like that. No, now it's more people. The majority of people are using it for convenience. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, and I'm one, I probably will be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
anything so, to make my life easier, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so interesting. Thank you so much. Now, so you said before they were using volunteers, right? And now I'm mm -hmm. sure there is a way to sign up for if someone wants to, I guess, work for Peels to Me or just like Uber, right? Like people have to sign up and stuff like that. Is there, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so we're we're actually recruiting and training caregivers. So so when we 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 started with just hiring just like pharmacy technicians or home health aides or CNAs, people in the healthcare mm -hmm. that are already used to you know handling mm -hmm. prescriptions. To now, as as we scale, as we're getting more more and more demand, yeah. we're, we're now recruiting people from the general population and then training them into becoming a bills to me caregiver. So right. anyone, anyone who, who anyone can apply, all they need is download our app, get on it, they sign up as, you know, sign up as a driver. We'll run some background checks and then give them that training and then, you know, you yeah. Know, yeah. And then onboard them on the platform and their life ready yeah. to roll. Right. And let's talk about that training because, you know, you could have some people saying, oh, I don't want anybody touching my medications. You don't know if they're going to take part of my medications, especially the controlled meds. You know, mm -hmm. addiction is such a high thing here. Like the rates of addiction is very high. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people could be a bit skeptical, like, OK, these are my medications. I don't know what this person, this person is probably going to put fake medications there or or uh, take my yeah. medications and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So let's just use this explanation in terms of the training as a form of of reassurance to the customers right or to the patients yeah. so what kind of training do you guys give i know of course hipaa which is mm -hmm. you know i forgot the the long health insurance health insurance accountability yeah act. act yeah basically patient patient health yeah. protection information you know mm -hmm. i'm sure that training is provided because you know mm -hmm. they're handling patients information and they mm -hmm. don't want to you know, expose the patient's identity or even, you know, be nosy to know who this medication is for and stuff like that. But, or what, yeah. But what kind of training, you know, not getting too much into it, but just on a surface level, what kind of training do you guys give to, to reassure the patients that the caregivers are not going to mess up their medications? Yeah. So that is a great point. And that is actually where we thrive, right? Where we thrive is, is as you can imagine, one, we, we make sure that the caregivers only have access to very limited information, right? Very limited from so, and that is embedded in the way our platform was built. Very, very HIPAA compliant and secure. And then when it comes to the training, we do a thorough background check, right? We, we make sure that, okay, this person has a clean record, number one. And then we do random drug testing you know yeah. making sure these people you know are these people are not people who are using drugs and all of that and mm -hmm. then yeah and then on top of that we do um we do we do the HIPAA and then yeah. medication handling handling yeah. so so there's a lot that goes that goes into it to ensure that so we basically you know we basically train people make try to make people train people as much as as you know the way that pharmacy technicians and on home health aid are trained, you know, like right. as as well as all those other people who normally take care of these seniors. Because if you think of it, there these people are the ones they're handling medications in the pharmacy or there's like the training that the home health aid people get and going to take care of people in the, 
uh, in their homes, they still yeah. have access to all of these things. Right? Yeah, so, that's true. So I think it it, it, it it comes now to how the people are vetted and yeah. how they're treated. And we, and we don't take that lightly. And that's one of the things that one of our investors was actually, was actually really happy about. He was like, oh, I'm glad that you come from a healthcare background because... Yeah. Because the way I talked about, you know, how secure it is, it's like, yeah, if it was just an entrepreneur who didn't really have insights into yeah. the, in healthcare, mm-hmm. they would have been looking at their North Star would be just the dollar side. Yeah, the dollar, right. the business side yeah, of it. And, yeah. And, and, and when you look, when you focus too much on on the dollar sign, there's so many d- details that you get to miss. But for us, you know, having worked in healthcare, yeah. having with a lot of these people, it's we, we you know, we understand the yeah. importance of of this. So we, yeah. we actually made sure that that we tighten, you know, all these loopholes, you know, as we go. So yes, I'll go. And then another thing we do is uh, we, we partner with some pharmacies and we have Tampa Evident uh, packaging that we give them. Our, yes. Uh, Pills, branded pills to me packaging. So yes, so it comes into it sealed. You know, yeah. Nobody, nobody can can. Nobody knows what's in. Like for example, we have that contracted with Southern Nevada Health District to yeah. deliver medications to to um, low income and and other special populations in Southern Las Vegas. Yeah. And, and Southern Nevada yeah. uh, area. So yes, they have, we, we provide them with this Tampa evidence packaging that they use to put every medication, every, all of the patient's information is concealed. Yeah. There's nobody has access to that. So yes, we continuously find ways to make sure that number one, pa- patient information privacy is intact. Number two, you know, the people we're bringing in, are not normally naturally good people. Mm-hmm. And that's why very, our process is rigorous yes. to make sure that we bring on the right people yeah. on there. That's amazing. So uh, what pharmacy so far have you guys contracted with in case people want to use the service if they, I guess Walgreens, right? Yeah, so, so. We, 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 the beauty about what we've built, right? We build a system that doesn't require a contract. Okay. So we can go from any pharmacy. So hmm. our process is built in a way that is compliant with all pharmacy laws of all 50 states. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. So we wow. don't require, yeah, we don't require any kind of, you know, contract to do that. Right. When we launch in, in a city, like we're, we're planning a launch in, uh, in Houston in mm-hmm. June. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when we launch in a city, we just get, we're currently onboarding the caregivers right now. When we right. onboard them, we get those and then we go live. We can pick up from, from any pharmacy. So so we're, okay. we're, we're more of, and, and, and I like to, 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 to make this distinction, right? Mm-hmm. Like unlike other delivery services, mm-hmm. we are not just like, because those is like easy. It's like grab, drop, pick. Yes. Drop. Yes. Yes. For us, we're delivering wellness. We're yes. not just, you know, yeah. It's not just from point A to point B. We're delivering awareness, you know, and that's why our, our, our caregivers are go through all this training and all of that. So we've made it in a way that you get the same care that you would get, kind of like your At home the pharmacy. Care on, yeah, on the, you know, right? Yeah, and, and they do it the same like you would have sent your own. Yeah, your own family member, you know, your spouse or your, your anybody in your family to pick up your prescriptions for you is the same because these are really trusted and vetted people that we're using. Right, right. So now this is basically one of the questions that I typically will have as a patient, you know, and 
a lot of people may be interested in knowing and how to maneuver that. Because, you know, sometimes when you go to the pharmacy to pick up your medication, what does the pharmacy do? The pharmacy, well, sorry, the pharmacists do. The pharmacist asks you, well, they first of all, they try to counsel you on the medication, right? And then they mm-hmm. ask if you have any questions and stuff like that. So I believe in this mm-hmm. case, when, you know, since you don't have that contact with the pharmacist to counsel mm-hmm. you on the medication, does the pharmacy call you to talk about the medications or if you have any questions, you just call the pharmacy. Yeah. So the, the, one of the big good things too, is that, is that once a caregiver accepts an order, they, they, they instantly, they're connected with the patient, right? Mm-hmm. So everything that goes on, if there's something important, the pharmacist wanted to say, the, the caregiver can relate right away yeah. with the this is like, oh, if it's like take with food, they can just put it in the chat with the patient. I'm like, oh, they need you to take this medication with food, right? So yeah. that's, that that can be translated, you know, to the patient. Or if it's something that they actually want to talk to the patient, then, yeah, they can, the pharmacist can get on the phone, on the yeah. phone and talk and to the talk. patient. But, but yes, we, but we provide that easy communication in a way that in the way, once you place an order as a user, you have that communication with the with the caregiver that you know you guys can information can flow freely. Yeah. So if anything's happening, people we get people tell the caregiver, oh please don't forget to get a syringe. You yeah. know, when you yes. get to the pharmacy, don't forget to ask them for a syringe. Yes. So yes, there's easy communication that that happens there. Okay. That, yeah. That we're hoping you know to to keep, and they can also call through the app too. Yeah. So the call each other and say, hey, this is what the pharmacist wants to speak with you Mm -hmm. and then hand it over to the pharmacist pharmacist. and then do whatever whatever counseling they want. Okay, that's great. It doesn't stop that, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you guys are launching in Houston in June. So what other cities have you launched in? So right now we're currently in Las Vegas and New Haven, but more heavily in Las Vegas because that was our primary pilot market. So. Yeah. So now we are we're working on expanding to multiple mm-hmm. multiple cities. So so yeah, that's that's part of one of my main focus in our TechStars accelerator right now. Like okay. main goal, creating that playbook right for multi city launch. Mm-hmm. So that when we start when when we launch Houston from there, it'll be like we're looking to launch up at least six different cities within the next eight to 10 months. Yes, yes, yes. And congratulations for being part of that Techstars program. So yeah, let's thanks. talk about that. And you can tell me as much as you are allowed to, you know. <laughs> so tell us yeah. about that, because a lot of people don't really know about that. I didn't know about that until I spoke to you. And mm-hmm. honestly, from, you know, I'm glad that we're starting off this conversation like this because when people know what you have achieved and then know what you have gone through to achieve what you are currently achieving now they will be mind blown and they will actually understand and appreciate the importance of certain values we which we will talk about later so tell us about that program yeah so i mean techstars is is an, uh, an accelerator a global accelerator that helps entrepreneurs succeed that's literally their slogan that helps mm-hmm. helps entrepreneurs. So so basically they take companies, people, great people, great founders, you know, with with uh, world changing ideas, you know, and and skills and skill sets, you know, complementary skill sets and help them, you know, help them grow and build these big companies, right? So, so it's a, a lot. So you, it's it's a twelve weeks program. Like you get into a twelve weeks program mm-hmm. and. And during that, it's kind of like a boot camp. 
you know, and I'm going to tell you, like when they said it, the, 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 our, at the start of the program, my managing director said, said they're going to make us do two years work, a worth of work in three months. Hmm. I thought it was a joke. I hmm. thought it was like crazy, but honestly, it's been, yeah, the things that we've been, and so it's kind of like, you know, you know, again, I always say you don't know what you don't know, right? Trying to build a business after the first, just the first two weeks of Techstars, I figured out we've been doing a lot of things the the, 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 the hard way. Hmm. There's always an easier way of doing things, you know? Right. And then, Techstars too is also very mentorship driven. So they surround you with all these great mentors that mm-hmm. you can pick and choose. Based mm-hmm. on your needs. So so if if you're weak in operations, if you're weak in sales and marketing, if you're weak in, in, in technology, yeah. That's so right you're true. surrounded by really amazing, you know, people that have that, you know, have built like big companies that have run great companies. And 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 the beauty too about it is like they're willing to help. Yeah. You know, we talked about mentorship. I th- I thought it was gonna be it's literally hand holding, like there are people that are willing to take your call at any time of the day and, you know, talk about anything and everything, you know? So, so it, it helps you, you know, understand certain things you didn't know. And then also helps you avoid some certain pitfalls, right? Yeah. Tell you about, and then it is a very, very, very safe environment for everyone. So they come in and they tell you all like the things about building a company that you wouldn't find on uh, online news, yeah right? oh, mm-hmm. yeah you wouldn't find it anywhere so so yeah plus they give you money and then they connect you with investors right yeah <laughs> what's i know what's that? better than that what's better than that right so yeah so 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 yeah it's actually it's really really a great great you know yeah when you go through an accelerator i mean it increases your chances chances of of, of, of success success by, yeah yeah by i think at least five to ten folds yeah so, yeah yeah. So, I mean, I'm already looking. I wouldn't even say I'm looking at a successful person because what you have done, that is way more than the success I would have ever imagined, honestly. You know, and I just want to applaud you for never giving up and just for pushing and and just, you know, outdoing yourself. Right. You know, I really I really want to applaud you because nobody really sees the work that goes on behind the scenes, you know, and I I don't even know how you do it. But, you know, I just hope and pray that, you know, you continue to have that strength to keep going because you're about to do great things. I I, I know. Yeah, you're about to do greater things. You're already doing great things. Right. (laughs) It is, you know, yeah, it's um, one of those things. I think, you know, one of part of my my character or something i mean i got to learn it the hard way right like just growing up you know i i a lot of the things that i had to go through in my life i think at the time i hated it so much but it's turning out to be a blessing you know it's it's turning out just like preparing me for, for 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 the moment Yeah. So that that's very true. You know, sometimes we go through things in life and, you know, we tend to question, like, why are we going this through this or why is this happening to me? Right. And then Mm -hmm. they always say hindsight is 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I I, Mm -hmm. there's this there's this verse in the Bible that I always go back to Romans 828. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that verse is very applicable to life or at least to my life because mm-hmm. every single thing, every single struggle that I have gone through in the past, at that moment, I could not understand. But when I mm-hmm. look back, I'm like everything that I went through 
was supposed to be part of my story and was supposed to be part of a bigger purpose, you know? So now it gives me perspective to not really worry too much, even though I still worry, I'm human. (laughs) To not really worry worry. too much, right? Worry is part of life, yeah. Yeah, to not really worry much, you know, when I'm going through things because I know that it will all make sense in the future. Mm -hmm. Talking about making sense, let's take it a few steps back. Now, Tell us about yourself. I know I asked this question, like introduce yourself, you know. Okay, let's get deep and dirty into it. Tell us, really tell us about your story. Tell us about how you even got here. Yeah, I mean, so my journey in life has been, you know, it 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 has been more of um yeah, I would say a roller coaster, right? It has been, I mean, from 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 birth, right? Sometimes you know, I always, I see that I'm like, hmm, it looks like I wasn't even supposed to be here, you mm. know? So, so, so yeah. So I was born, born to a teenage mom, mom in Cameroon, you know, and I grew up with my grand, my grandmom mm-hmm. very early days. I grew up with my grandmom and life was, life was good for the most part when I was younger. And then my grandmom passed, you know, and then I had to move and live with one family to the next, you mm-hmm. know? So it was, it was, it was different, you know, but I look at it now. I really appreciate people that opened up their doors for me, you know, mm-hmm. because you didn't have to, mm-hmm. you know, but I wasn't at any point really homeless. Yeah. I wasn't homeless. You know, that's, yeah. that's the beauty about it. Like I was an orphan, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't really homeless. So yeah. yeah what age my, did, did your grandma pass? My grandma passed. I was like 11. Yeah. yeah almost 12. Mm-hmm. So, so I was in around class seven, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Primary school. So when she passed and then I went on to live with my aunt and then later on went moved went to live with my uh my uh grand granddad and then from there you know again life was okay and then my mom passed when I was in high school you know that was just it's just you know because yeah it was it, life took a different turn right and and i've plowed through high school graduated high school top of my class but couldn't couldn't go to college because i couldn't afford it right and and now when i even think about it it's crazy because tuition is like fifty thousand francs yeah a hundred dollars yeah yeah but i couldn't afford it so so I remember very well one of my 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 aunts made her so rest in peace. She came for a funeral in the village. That was in Santa. She came to a funeral in the village for a funeral in the village, and then she saw me. She was like, "Oh, how's how was school? And look, like, how's everything? How's the GC?" I was like, well, it, was, "It was great. I passed, passed well." And she's like, "Okay, what next?" I'm like, "Well, nothing." She was like, how nothing, you know? And then she's like, okay, you, you're so smart. I don't want you to, to, you know, I don't want your, your smartness to go to waste. So she gave me transport. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, come to Dwala. I will figure something out. Mm-hmm. And so, back then you were living in the village. Yeah, I was, I was in the village. Like I finished high school, passed the A-levels and that Top was of there. your class and you went back yeah. to the village. Yeah. That was it. Right. My friends were making plans for university. That was like, right. It was done, you know, for me. So like <laughs> it, it is, I get, I get emotional when I talk about this and I look back because as the pe- people that, that I grew up with that state remained there and that are still there in, in Santa. They're like, 
people with some of the best people with the be- biggest potential, yeah. but just no opportunity. No opportunity. You know, yeah. No opportunity. So that single moment is one of the life changing, most like life changing moments for me because where the next week when I moved to Douala, I got admissions to to university Yaoundé, and um, and then I went, but again started sad thing. She got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And, you know, she had to go through treatment. So I still had to drop out, you know. Yeah. Drop and out. that's that's your auntie, your auntie who sponsored you to university. Yeah. 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 So so there when she couldn't, she couldn't. When she was sick, she couldn't send money anymore. So I had to stop, you know. And and yeah, so it was like for a good for a good seven to eight years, life was horrible. Like I didn't I didn't have, you know, any those nothing that I could really, there was no hope. It was like hope was gone. Right. But, you know, it was just, I just kept thinking and, you know, trying so many different things to, to, to get my head out of the water and all of that. And then, and then by 2009, 2010, I had saved some money and I decided I wanted to go back to school. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to school and then I got admissions and then applied when I got a, a student visa and then I came. So you, 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 you wanted to go back to school and you applied to school here in America. Yes. I applied yeah. to schools in the U S okay. I would say one of the things with me that, that I, regardless of wherever I've always found myself, I've mm-hmm. always been ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always been thinking big, right. Even when I, decided I wanted to go, I was thinking like, Hey, like I I should be going to, I want to go to the best schools. I want to go to somewhere, you know, I want to get the best I can get out of life. Right. Yeah. And, and even though at the time when I was trying to apply, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's going to be hard. How are you going to get a visa to go to America? But for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, must, I'm as, well, as well try, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. So. I mean, let's, let's actually, before we even get to the America part, right? Let's talk more mm-hmm. about how you try to get yourself out of the water. Like you said, like, you know, mm-hmm. how you try to get your head out of the water in, in Cameroon. Because mm-hmm. I really want us to go into those details of how life was for you and how mm-hmm. you struggled because I feel like a lot of youths in Africa or in Cameroon at the least could identify with your struggle and they will get more inspiration from your story to know that as long as you just keep trying and trying and never giving up on yourself and showing up every day for yourself, things will get better. You know, things will always work out. So how was life like when you were in university and... um you know, when she found your aunt sponsored you to, through university and then she died. Like, how did you even manage to to continue showing up for yourself and leaving and trying to make ends meet to the point of even saving? Yeah. So it was it was more about, you know, again, entrepreneurship. Right. So one one thing I did, you know, as a student in the environment was as living in a student environment was. I figured out, you know, where like a lot of people like a lot of like, you know, how university students in university areas, they like fashion wear, they like, they like parties and all of that stuff. So, so what I did was I was getting, you know, kind of like fashion kind of stuff, accessories and all of that. I was getting them wholesale from wholesalers and then reselling to university students, you know, mm-hmm. at an upcharge, you know, and making money out of that. And then 
After a while, I figured out where the wholesalers were, were sourcing their stuff in Dubai. And then I started going to Dubai myself, mm. you know, and buying this, the stuff and, and bringing back to Cameroon and selling them. And we even, you know, I remember we, we, we even used to organize parties and we made a ton of money. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, we organized, we, we call it Men in White. We organized this party and we made like 12 million. Wow. Frank. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We made like 12 million out of that, out of that party. So it was, it was a bunch of like doing so many different, different things that was just, you know, that was just irrelevant to the environment at the time and, you know, making, making money off of it. And, and yeah. And then, and then saving up some money. So, so by the time I had saved money, I was like, I really started making a lot of money when I was like going to Dubai, buying stuff, coming back to Cameroon. Yeah. And, and yeah. After I saved some money, it was like either I keep doing what I was doing because it was it was profitable or one side of me kept saying, you know, I felt like I hadn't really, really explored my full potential because yeah. I really believed in me. You know, my grandma, my mom, my my aunt, you know, they believed in me for one thing. They thought I was smart. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't think so, but they, everyone thought so. You know, so so I was like, I'm not doing any justice if I if I don't go back to school. If I felt empty in a way. I was like, OK, I feel like that was my, my biggest potential is in education, going mm-hmm. back to school. And, and yeah, so that's when I, I made that decision at the time because things were going well. I'm not going to lie. Things were at that point in time. If it was just the money side of it, I was growing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I was growing, but I just felt empty and I felt like I could get more, you know? And when I, even when I look at it now, even from, from a money perspective at that point, from where I stood, it, it, it looked like a lot. But when I look now, it was like, it's like peanuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but so, so I'm glad I decided to do, to, 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 you know, to take, to this, I decided to go back to school. Yeah. Not even knowing what was going to come out of it. But one thing I was for sure was that I knew that I wasn't going to go to school in America and come back with nothing. Yeah. You know, that was for sure. If you ask me what I was, even like I'm a pharmacist now. And if you ask me what pharmacy was where I was in Cameroon, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I had earlier ideas about what pharmacies were, what pharmacies did and all of that. But yeah, that wasn't until when I came here. Yeah. And I was actually going to ask, like, you know, what influenced your career path? Yeah. So becoming a pharmacist was. So when I moved, right, when I moved here and decided to go to school, I was looking at, you know, I was exploring so many different options, specifically in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So because you know how in Cameroon, when you when you're growing up, like like almost every child, if you're smart enough, almost everyone's like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. Right. Right. So like a lot of that, those influences that kept resonating in my head. But then I looked at it when I came, I actually wanted to go to med school mm-hmm. and I, I looked at all the options. I looked at the time. I was like, man, like, I don't think I have that time. Right. Mm-hmm. That was like eight years after graduating high school. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that luxury of time to go. And given the other family pressures, I turned back, I looked at my siblings that are looking up to me and other people. So it was like, that wasn't, that wasn't it. So I, I continued exploring other healthcare, healthcare options. And then, and then I came on to come to the pharmacy, you know, and I think my early, my early exposure to pharmacy, my grandma actually was, was a nurse mm-hmm. at the 
the Bamenda General Hospital. So every time I would go visit her, I would stop by the pharmacy that's like almost next to it. I used to, there was this really nice pharmacist there that, that I used to, used to stop by and talk to all the time. And I, I, I just admired him, like, you know, like his, his, he, first of all, he was, his personality was was nice and then you yeah. work in a pharmacy every time you know go there so that was my actually first exposure into what pharmacy is all about so when i saw all these opportunities i was like hmm, i can become a pharmacist too yeah right? yeah i was like oh with all of these with all these opportunities i could either either the, my first idea was going to to become a nurse going to nursing school and I looked at medical school and then in between I found pharmacy. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, now, I, yeah. So that is, that is pretty much it. And then I did some research. I, I looked at the profession, you know, I liked, I liked a lot, a lot about it. So yeah, yeah. also worked as a pharmacy technician too, prior to starting pharmacy school. So, right. so I got to get a little bit of insight into what pharmacy is all. Yeah. That's very mm-hmm. interesting actually. And the lesson that we could possibly learn from this is just be nice to people because you don't know who is, who you're impacting, who you're inspiring. Cause if that guy wasn't nice to you, I don't know if you would have chosen or even had more appreciation for pharmacy, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just hearing your story of how far you've come, I I mean, there's no better definition of success, you know, even though success, I look at success as an ongoing pursuit, you know, yeah, because you haven't, you haven't really arrived, you you know, there's more and more, and I don't think you can have as much success, you know, there's, oh, you always need more and more and more, you know? So, but then so far, I feel like, you know, your story from where you came from, you know, has truly been inspiring. So what, in your own words, do you uh, define success? Yeah, I mean, success for me and, and, and at so many different, like it's been defined differently at different stages of, of my life, right? For example, when I just when my grandma passed, like for me, I just needed a place to stay. Right. So having a place to go back to that was success. Mm. And then when I graduated high school, couldn't go to, 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 to university, to, couldn't go to college. It was like success to me at that point was just going to college, mm. you know? And, and yeah, so it was just going to college. And then now, you know, after, everything else like you know exceeding even my own my own expectations and getting to where where i'm at for me success is i'll consider myself successful if i get to build something if i get to build something that is impacting lives of people i don't even know somewhere and outlive me you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what I would consider success. Like if I build something impactful that goes beyond helping just people I know, like, like, and then, and then that has a potential of outliving me, that's still going to be here. Even when I'm gone, I, I think for me, that would, I, I would say that is success. Right. Right. That's, that's very true. That's really very true. Now, 
Do you actively practice as a pharmacist? No. Okay. No. So right now it's like full time. And I've had this question. People ask me, it's like, oh, like, do you, do you regret going to pharmacy school? Because now oh, no. you're embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like pharmacy. I'm like, no. Yeah, it was a stepping great. stone. <laughs> yeah. Besides that, right? It, it gives me a ton of credibility. Because, yeah. Because sometimes you get into people, you get in front of people, you know, like I get in front of people and I'm talking about how water building and the processes and process like ask me like oh how is that possible how is that legal is that legal like is, can you do it? i'm like i'm a pharmacist a lot of time that is that's what ends the conversation yeah you know when yeah I just say hey i'm a pharmacist like then they understand like okay he knows what he's talking about right mm-hmm. yeah i've been i've been in spaces where where that has come in you know i mean and again a lot of the processes we've gotten to build in, in, in appeals to me and your farm, right? Yeah. A lot of the thing is is from my background as a pharmacist. Yeah. Because there's certain things that we, me and you, as mm-hmm. pharmacists, we take for granted. Mm-hmm. We think it's common knowledge. It's not. That's you true. Know? Yeah, there's things true. that you just think about. It's like second nature to you, but to the average person, it's it's not. So so yes, I uh, and then there are also some insights that we have working in the, you know, and I'm glad I actually worked retail pharmacy because there are a ton of insights that I know about customer behavior that were introducing it into our pills and processes mm. that I wouldn't have known. You know, when I'm talking to my team, I would try to figure out and I get the why and the house. Then I understand like, oh, this is not common knowledge. This is something right. I thought but okay right I have to explain to them the big picture of why we're doing this is because this is how patients behave this is what happens so it's a hard question to ask do i say practice as a pharmacist yes right. use my well yeah yeah but actively as you know a regular pharmacist job no i that i don't I don't. Okay. I haven't since 2000 and since, since April of 2020. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough because I was just wondering because there, there's so many moving parts in your life right now and you know making that time to to go into the pharmacy to fill pills it, it, it will most likely be challenging and you know sometimes right I, I also ask that question because sometimes and I feel like I'm going through that you know sometimes you have dreams right mm-hmm. and then those dreams will require you sacrifice and when I say sacrifice in terms of letting go of maybe what you're currently doing to give you more time to invest into those dreams. And, mm-hmm. you know, in our African community, we have a hard time letting go. And mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say letting go per se, because you're still using that knowledge from pharmacy to, into, yeah. to apply to whatever, to the innovative thing that you're doing. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not like you have just abandoned pharmacy, but I would like to look at it more of like your experience as a pharmacist is more of a stepping stone to where you are today because you wouldn't have had as much insight if you weren't a pharmacist, right? So Mm -hmm. sometimes, like for me, I have things that I would love to do that I'm passionate about. And of Mm -hmm. course, my knowledge in pharmacy will probably help a lot towards that. But, you know, sometimes just that idea of, you know, I I also have a PharmD, I have an MBA and I have a master's in, I have two masters, master's in science and health economics. And, you know, sometimes I have this fear of letting, Mm. like of just going all the way in. Because number one, I'm like, okay, um, you know, 
my parents paid for my tuition. I don't have any student loans. I want to maybe, I don't want to waste that degree. And, you know, mm-hmm. I feel bad that they wasted all this money. And then I did not, you know, yeah, but, but then my parents really don't care, actually. <laughs> they don't care. But it's just that internal guilt. And guilt, then, you yeah. know, that's, that's, that's just the guilt in my own perspective. But I know many people themselves, they hang on to that prestige of, oh, I'm a pharmacist or I'm a doctor or I'm a, you know, this. And I, because our African community is either doctor, lawyer, pharmacist, right? And, mm-hmm. or nurse. And it's like, they don't want to let go of that side, you know, because of that prestige or something like that, that it kind of compromises your dreams, you know? So yeah, I, I wanted you to you use your own experience and your story to pass a message to our people, you know, of the importance of, you know, pursuing your dreams. And I want you to pass that message by telling us what point was it that you decided to be like, okay, I don't want to go into the pharmacy anymore. I know I have all this education and everything and I don't want to, I mean, of course you will tell people that you're a pharmacist when the question arises, like you said, but Mm -hmm. I don't think people approach you thinking you're a pharmacist, right? So Mm -hmm. they probably think you're just a tech guy, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to start an innovative, you know, company. Mm -hmm. But so when was it for you that you made that bold move to hang your white coat and say, okay, I have to put all my energy into this? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it started with, you know, with me working, working in retail pharmacy. So, so it was, it was more of because one, I'm the kind of person I I, I easily get bored by nature, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I usually get bored by routine stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, that'll bore me to hell. So, so yeah, so it started with a little bit of just walking to a pharmacy every day, doing the same thing that it became robotic. Right. Yes. I, I, yeah, I wasn't feeling fulfilled, you know. Yeah, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And then I looked at it on top of that. I looked at other options. Right. And I'm somebody who is like sometimes overly ambitious, you know. Yeah. So I looked at a lot of different di- different things. I'm like, we're, we're in America. Right. There's got to be a, a lot more to this. You know, there's going to be a lot more than this. Of course, be, becoming a pharmacist was like way, way beyond beyond my wildest dream from where I'd come from. Right. But after getting there and I'm still seeing like we're in America. Where you can go. Like, yes. There's like just a lot of things. Potential. That, potentials. And then I looked at even working in retail. Another thing that frustrated me was that I saw a lot of inefficiencies, right? Yes. In the system. I saw a lot of things that, that I could fix, but I didn't have the power to fix them. Because mm. when you talk, when you, you, you talk to the manager, they the, the yeah, be like, oh, turn hey, I have down. to talk to my own boss. And then we have to send it to corporate. And then at the end of the day, you don't feel like, you're really contributing to, you know, it then comes back, feels like, okay, you're just waking up every day, going and yeah. just make money. Robotic, you know? basically, so, autonomous. Yeah. 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 So it, it just becomes robotic. So for me, I started exploring. I'm like, there's got to be more to, 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 to this than that. Like, how can I grow? And that's why I decided like, okay, I want to go back to school. You know, yeah, I was like, I want to go back to school. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to acquire more skills, you know, better skills and all that. So that's why I started applying now 
applied to 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 go do to Yale and all of that. And even at that, it was like a lot of people thought I was crazy, right? It's like you have a doctorate degree, you have a master's degree, you have an MBA. Like, how can you be going back again to, to school? school? That's exactly what people told me too. Degree. Yeah, right. So, and the one thing I tell people is like, for me, I have a free mind, right? And that's, I think it's helped me a lot because I have an open mind, always open to new things. So I'm, I'm like, me having an MBA has nothing to do with a master's in public health. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, these are two different two things. Two different things, oh, yeah. having a doctorate doesn't mean that... You can go that, down that, to get an MBA. Yeah, right. These are like so many different, different yeah. Things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that mindset of that, you know, it was that mindset of people like, oh, no, I can't go back for a master's after having a doctorate. A doctorate, I yeah. Mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So for me, and to be honest, going there... Going to is one of the best things because everything before going to Yale, we had the idea of you know of your farm, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Suki so started working. But to be honest, we didn't know what, what we we're going yeah. to do. Yeah, we did. We, it was just we, we were just ambitious. Now in hindsight, we could we were just wasting our time in the beginning, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now. You know, so yes, for me it was like acquiring all these other skills. So I'm naturally, I'm naturally inquisitive, you know? And, and so, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of that, the frustrations in in an environment where I'm looking at, okay, I have very little say, Mm -hmm. I have, I'm seeing a lot of things that I think could be done better, but there's no way I can fix myself. And then when I looked at the potential, the room for growth was like, you know, it looks like after, you know, a couple of years, you just plateau, you just like, and that is it, Yeah, you know? So all of that, you know, compounded, you know, into me wanting to really do more. And another thing I was like, I kept telling my coworkers, it's like, I mean, the world of pharmacy is not going to really going to suffer because I left. Like, I don't think need one more pharmacist. Right. Right. But for me, I'm looking at me like if I take another route, if I acquire other knowledge, another knowledge, it could also it could give me the tools that I could use to explore other things mm-hmm. you know so, mm-hmm. yeah so it was it was then that i was like you know you know what yeah I, i'm not holding on because i oh i have a farm b i only have to do i think that's what a lot of mistakes that i've seen a lot of people do mm-hmm. because you have a farm d people want to do entrepreneurship right pharmacies want to do entrepreneurship what's the next logical step open my own pharmacy right, right? Mm-hmm. the fact that you have a farm d doesn't restrict you it doesn't mean any business the only business you can do is it's pharmacy, open a pharmacy. Yeah. yeah no that's true there's so many there's so many things you know and that's why independent pharmacies are struggling struggling yeah a lot of them are from people who we just who just wanted to do business and the next logical thing that you just thought about because i'm a pharmacist pharmacy you know it was yeah so that's part of it there's a whole other reason why they're struggling but but that's part of it because because you know yeah so so if if I were to advise anybody, it's like don't limit yourself by just because of the degree or the training you receive, because you can always get more training. Yeah, you know, you can always be trained into more things and and explore. So so yeah. So yeah. for me, and I look at education education as as the process, not even the diploma or not even. That's true. There are aspects of the practice of pharmacy, like the leadership skills, like yes. Pharmacy, right? Yes. Those those are soft skills that we build during, you know, during a pharmacy school and all of that. Besides the obvious other direct pharmacy stuff, there's also these other things that you learn going through pharmacy school 
I learned a lot of time management. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. By, discipline. <laughs> a lot of time management, a lot of discipline in the process, which I think are ser- serving me right, right now, you mm-hmm, know? So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So there's no part of me that is feeling like, hmm, I'm not using or I'm really abandoning that, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just. It was it's a just stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just compounding, and it's like it's 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 part of me. It's an integral part. That's why some people, the other day, my one of my mentors was like, "Oh, you are you a former pharmacist?" I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm a pharmacist. Active pharmacist, I'm a pharma yeah. Pharmacist. I'm a pharmacist for life. Yeah, you know. So, 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 yeah. So I think, yeah, people." Especially in our community, our people have a lot ton of potential. Potential, yeah. People just don't explore them. Yeah. Yeah. People just box themselves into tiny boxes. I'm like, oh, this is this is, you know, I'm doing this, I'm staying in this track, like, you know. But but I think there's a whole lot more that, that we can do if we just decide to explore and not and not be afraid to to fail. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we, if we just explore and like, hey, you know, and and I think the fear of failure too, right? Yes, the fear of failure. So times, yeah, the f- fear of failure has killed so many dreams than failure itself. Yes, you know? that's true. And I think that's one thing about me. I I easily take risks, right? A lot of things I've done are risky. They they weren't like obvious. Even mm-hmm. now, it's not really hundred percent obvious what's going. But I'm not afraid to fail. I learn from it, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that is one thing too. It's like when I was going, I was like, "Oh, how? What if it doesn't work out?" I'm like, "If it doesn't work out, then I'll come back. Come back to being a pharmacist, knowing that it didn't work it out. Didn't work out. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. very true. Thank you for that message. Actually, you answered a lot of my questions that I had because I really wanted you know you to pass a message to our people to inspire them to keep pushing. Now, what are the best ways for the African community to support you, your ventures? Right. So, so yeah, so it, it is, you know, so many different ways, right? People, people can, can help. I mean, it's whether it's spreading the word about, about our products, whether you live in, you live in, um, you're an African, we're a Cameroonian currently because mm-hmm. you're from currently full functional in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Whether you're Cameroonian living in Cameroon or abroad, you know, you can always tell someone about your farm and how it can help them. You mm-hmm. know, you can spread the word on that. If you're in the U.S., you know, you can always spread the word about, you know, pills to me and then, you know, tell people because we're always looking, we're always hiring too. Yeah. We're, we're always hiring and, and people in order to grow. So I think those are, and I know we have like really great talent in our community, right? Yeah, so we anybody do. who has talent in healthcare, in technology, that think they can be help, they can be a part of the journey. We're also, you know, there's no better way of, you know, no better feeling than building something big with your own people. So, yeah. so, so yeah, anybody out there who has skills that can, skill sets that can help, we, we're happy to have you on board. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you sharing your story. You know, I can never be inspired enough. You know, I really look forward to having more conversations with you. Now, how can the listeners reach you or follow your journey? Yeah, so um, they can they can reach me on uh by email if they want um Leslie appeals to me.com so p i l s the number 2me.com yes. or yeah they can I'm I'm on Instagram it's still I think Leslie Asanga yeah. on Instagram and LinkedIn 
Mm-hmm. Let's be a song on LinkedIn. I'm big, big. I'm a big LinkedIn user too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Connect, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that. I will also have that information in our show notes for those who are looking for it, who want to use it. But I really, really, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. Oh my God. I, I'm always so inspired every time I speak with you. <laughs> I always look forward yeah, to our yeah. conversations. And I hope that, you know, our listeners have also been impacted, you know, by all your, you know, your, your, your mess, your messages and your stories that you have shared with us, you know, and we will be watching closely and hopefully we want to have you back when, you know, you're making those millions and, and we're, uh, we're reading about you yeah. in the news and everything. Hey, you know, we will be super proud of you. We're rooting for you. And do you have any last words before we close? Yeah. I mean, what I'll say is, you know, anyone is, is that chase your dreams, right? I know it's been said a thousand times before, but you know, I don't think you get fulfilled when you, when you keep, if you don't let your guards down, you know, like forget about the failure, forget about everything else. And, and what people would think or what would happen, you know, what might happen because a lot of times it doesn't, they don't end up happening. Right. So just chase it. I was case scenario. What, you know, I was inspired. I, I, I came from this, this conference in uh, Slovenia where I was actually inspired by the story of this lady who runs a 250 million pounds company in the UK. Now she was a stripper, right? Wow. And then she, she kind of, she was kind of related. She actually, actually have her signed book. She was talking about how, you know, stripping helped her, ship her into, into, into a great leader and an entrepreneur. Wow. And the biggest thing that, that I got from there was, was that, you know, as a stripper, she learned to not give a shit. You know, she learned yes. to not care about what people think. She's like, there's no more vulnerable place like this. So that is what has helped her through. Like she does what she wants to do. She doesn't care what, as long as she knows it's right, you know, it's right. Like all those external influences do not influence her. So, so it's, Oh it's my goodness. Things. I have yeah. to pick my mouth up from the floor. <laughs> my mouth was open like, whoa. Oh yeah, my goodness. I, I saw that she's like, she, she was like, She's like, there's no, there's nothing more vulnerable than being naked in front of, in yeah. front of a bunch of people. So just that alone, that taught her to be able to like cancel all the noise. She doesn't care, you know, when she's going in a direction and she's inspired, she knows her vision, you know, she goes after it regardless of every other distraction. Right? So that stuck with me. That was one of the things wow. that I'm like. Yeah, and and she also made this connection. She's like, do you know how much you would achieve if you if you eliminated your inhibitions? Like, what is stopping you? The things that are stopping you from pursuing what you think you really want to pursue? Yeah, if you just drop them back. So so yeah, it is my advice to anyone is you know again from what I've learned is. Just forget about the inhibitions, forget about the what ifs, you know, because we tend to, as human beings, we tend to always think about the worst case scenario, you know, we always tend to think, and the worst case scenario only happens in a fraction of time, you Hmm. know, so we only ask, yeah, it only happened a fraction of the time. So a lot of times like, okay, if you're, if I'm going down this highway, okay, what if 
I get hit by a car, but you know, if you go down the highway nine, ten times, you know, you, 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 you know, hundred times and not get hit. You yeah, know? people are afraid of flying, including me. I fly a lot, but I still. But it's just that you're like. But when you look at the probability, the worst case scenario of a plane crashing, how many times does it crash a day with all the thousands of you know flight? So when you look at it, you know, and that's also how I overcame my own fear of flying too. I'm like, look at looked at the probability. I'm like, I'm scared of this thing. Meanwhile, there are thousands of this like. The, the probability of of the plane actually crashing. Yeah, zero point zero zero one percent. But but then that that's zero point zero zero one percent. Someone wants to start a business. And then they think about, okay, what if I put my money in this and I lose all of my money? So they think about that 0.001% of that happening and it stops them from pursuing the 99.9999999999. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I, I focus on the possibility, I focus on the positive side of things, something that I really believe in while, you know, also being aware, you know, with that the, the negative side can happen. Also, while also having contingency plans, knowing that okay, this can happen, but I know the probability of that worst case scenario happening is low. So, so yeah, interesting. So just again, letting your guards down, you know, focusing on the positive side of what you want to do. And when you focus on the impact and you think about what would happen, and one thing I also think about. Every day when I look at prescription orders coming through pills to me, I'm like, this is one person that might not have gotten their prescriptions if we ha- if we were not existing today. Right. Yeah. So that's how I look at it. I'm like, what if we shut down today? You know, they're going to be a bunch of people that will not be able to get their medications yes. or at struggle to get it. So so when you think about, OK, what would happen if what would the world be if I don't do what I planned? I think I, I, I can do to, to give my own impact, you know. That's so, a good way to put it. Yeah. Very so good it, way to put it. Yeah. It, it, it's just a waste, right? It means your time on earth is like, you know. Yeah. Like, I want to go take all this with me, uh, you know, wasted. Or do I want to try and leave the impact that I want? So, yes. so yeah. Yes. That, that is so amazing. That is a very good way to put it, you know. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah. thank you for making us end this podcast on a high note, you know. I really hope that we can continue these conversations amongst our circles and, you know, just inspire one another to be great, especially as Africans. Like you said, we have so much potential, so much potential, and we just have to tap into that potential and believe in ourselves and show up every day for ourselves and the sky yeah. will not even be the limit it will be the stepping stool so exactly. thank you thank yeah, you so thanks. much i really thanks. appreciate yeah. it and i hope we can have this conversation again on even more conversations in the future and yeah. i will catch you in the next episode thank you That's it for today. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to participate in the show or find out more helpful resources, then visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information or email us at hello at livingafricanpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to connect with us on all social media platforms at Living African Podcast. You can also connect with Anyo directly on Facebook or Instagram at Anyo Fombard. Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.